You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. Welcome to the Accounting Influencers Podcast with me, Rob Brown, going out to 35,000 accounting professionals all over the world in 150 countries, predominantly in the UK and the US. I'm thrilled to have with me today back for the second time. It's Jim Burke. Good day, sir. Rob, thanks for having me back. Really appreciate it today. Jim, quick introduction. I'll do it for people that don't know you. You work with one of the biggest firms in the US. You represent HLB. I spoke for them in Vienna a few years ago. Wonderful organization. You talk to uh, AICPA, you represent SEMA, you strategically consult to vendors and firms all over the world. You've been in this game a while. What keeps you going? What keeps me going is that I'll tell you it's different every single day. Our profession is constantly changing in the space that I operate in, right? So it's technology, it's advisory. And, you know, years ago, I was an auditor, right? I'm 30, ah, 37 years with my firm today. And, uh, I was an auditor. I've done audits. I was a tax guy. I've done plenty of tax. Today, I'm Managing Director for Advisory Services. And what's so cool about that is, what's advisory? It's all of those things that we could be doing for our clients if we knew that our clients would ask us to do it. And it's a matter of asking our clients, right? So there are so many different advisory verticals going on today. I live for all the different advisory verticals. So it's pretty exciting. And what's really cool, my, my foundation is really in technology. And technology is the fire that's driving, really driving our advisory practices around the globe. Well, we're going to talk about advisory in the epi- this episode. The last one, we deep dived on technology, something you're really, really passionate about. If you can, Jim, would you just summarize what we talked about in that episode in a couple of minutes? And we'll put a link to that show in the show notes. Absolutely. You know, it's it's like, you know, this is like 102. Advisory is like 102. <laughs> the technology is 101. So, hey, you know what? You have advanced preparation. You got to go to the technology episode. You got to watch that because it's the foundation. We talked a lot about the best of breed technologies that are in the firm uh, that are in the firms today, that are in the world today. We talked a lot about the legacy technologies that are there and how they are being forced to change. You know, I often say that if you're going to get into the advisory space within your firm, and it's not if, you need to, uh, you got you really need to get your technology house in order. That's why I say that's episode 101, because you have to see it first. It talks, it talks a lot about some of the decision making that we have that we go through on selecting new technologies. Why select a specific vendor? Why not? select a specific vendor? What do you need to think about in selecting technologies? Because that episode and doing that will actually set the foundation up to allow the firm to derive remuneration in the advisory space. And I know we're going to talk a lot about that. Yeah, well, it seems like we've been talking about advisory for 20, 30, 50 years. (laughs) It's gathering some momentum now. Talk to us about some of the ways you see advisory impacting the accounting profession. So look, we are, and I hate to use the term, but we are the trusted advisors around the globe. Whether you're a chartered accountant, whether you're a CPA, uh, you are the trusted advisor. And as trusted advisor, yes, our clients go to us 
for their audits because we are the only ones that can do audits of financial statements. So they come to us. They come to us for their tax work because that's what we do. And you know what? In the past, they've come to us as advice. I mean, in the last 30 plus years, my clients would call me for everything. And, you know, my wife's having a baby, Jim. And I got like, okay, hold on, call your doctor. Don't call me or you know, there's so many things they come to us for. So we started scratching our heads here. And we said, you know what? Why can't we do that stuff? You know what? So, you know, I'll give you, I'll call one thing out. I'll call cybersecurity out. Cybersecurity to me is low hanging fruit across our profession today. Every single one of our clients need help with cybersecurity. Are they using your firm? Let's you're a firm in the UK. Are they using you guys to do their cybersecurity work? Let's say probably not. If they're not, why not? Why are they not using your firm? You may say, well, we don't have the expertise to be able to offer cybersecurity services. We're a bunch of accountants. We do audit. We do tax. We do things like that. I would argue, go out and hire a cybersecurity expert. Oh, and by the way, he's, that individual is not going to be an accounting major. It's not going to have. A, it's not going to be a degree accountant from in a university. That individual has no desire to be a chartered accountant. Has no desire to be a CPA. They're they have expertise in the space in which they operate. You go out and hire somebody like that with a game plan on introducing that individual to your client base, that individual will pay for themselves in a matter of months. It is amazing what I see out there in the space, but it involves a huge change in mindset in the firm. You've just solved the whole talent problem. Don't hire accountants. Hire specialists to do a lot of the work that accountants don't need to do. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, we, uh, we had a, a CEO in my firm. His name was Bill. And Bill said Berkey, and I hate when he called me Berkey, but he said Berkey, you run the land of misfits. I'm like, he goes, but that's in a good way. I'm saying that in a good way. I'm like, how could that be in a good way? Well, he's saying, my guy, my team, we have, I run today a team of advisors and we're in so many different verticals doing different types of advisory. It's rare to be a chartered accountant. I'm the rare guy. I'm a CPA, right? So 99% of my team is not certified, are not certified public accountants, are not chartered accountants, right? They're not degreed accounts. I have data scientists. I have software engineers. I have cybersecurity specialists. I have investment bankers. It's crazy, but it's my team looks different, feels different. And I will share with you, our advisory team is continuing to drive firm growth. And that is the story. If you're sitting in an office next to Victoria Station in London, or you're sitting in an office in Times Square, it's advisory services, the same story, is continuing to drive firm growth if it's done the right way. You mentioned firm growth there, and you mentioned cybersecurity as an example of a revenue stream. Just unpack for some of the examples of new revenue streams that you see firms taking advantage of when it comes to advisory. Yeah, so I would say the number one thing it's that drives advisory today are those advisory things that closely resemble something in our accounting wheelhouse. And what do I mean by that? Let's say client accounting, outsourced accounting. Most firms don't even consider that advisory, but that is advisory work. You're going out there providing outsourced accounting to your clients. It, there's a huge demand for that right now. Think about it. We were dealing with a labor shortage across our entire profession. We can't get enough people. Well, if we can't get enough people, our clients can't get finance professionals to work internally as CFOs, as controllers, comptrollers, and things like that. So now the demand is, let's reach out. Let's solve that with a firm that's willing to do outsourced accounting. So outsourced accounting is very big. Another area in advisory that I see globally around, uh, around the world, transaction advisory work. Firms that are doing buy-side due diligence, sell-side due diligence, quality of earnings work. Uh, that is very big today. And that is, again, those are things 
that you may say, in my firm, we do that. But you know what? You're not doing it in a focused way. You haven't taken it out. You haven't stripped it out of the firm. You haven't made, let's say, a partner responsible for it. And that's the true uh, area of success. You take those advisory things that you're dabbling in, that a lot of people are touching. You, you, you find someone that's willing to differentiate themselves in their firm. You have them lead outsourced accounting. You have someone else lead transaction advisory. You have someone else lead cybersecurity. And when they own it, they own the space, they build the verticals underneath them, that's really true success. So, you know, very often, now I love traveling the world and I love seeing and asking the question is, what do you consider advisory? What do you consider advisory? And it's different in so many firms. For example, there may be an accounting firm in London that has an expertise in handling dental groups, dentist offices, right? There are firms out there that just specialize in that. Well, you know what? There's technology in dental practices that doesn't exist in any other in any other type of medical practice. You know what? Why not become an expert in onboarding that type of technology? That's an advisory role for the accountant. To me, accountants are perfectly positioned to deploy accounting systems and technology systems because unlike the technology guys down the street that only know the technology, not only do we understand the technology, but now we also understand finance. We understand what that balance sheet needs to look like at the end of the day. We understand where inventory needs to flow and cash needs to flow. That's a huge differentiator on why accountants need to be in this space. You say accountants need to be in this space. The way you're talking, you can deliver advisory services without a CPA at the firm. Oh, absolutely. But why a CPA firm? Because we are the trusted advisors. So think about this. If I have a client that is look, an audit client, a longtime audit client, a longtime tax client of the firm, and they want to go out and buy cybersecurity services and hire a cybersecurity specialist, do you think they would go down the street to an advisory firm, to a cyber firm, or if they knew that we have the ability to provide cyber services, do you think they'd call me? I would say absolutely yes. The relationships that I've developed over 30 plus years with my clients, they call me today for every single thing that's on their mind, right? No matter what it may be. So we need to start thinking differently and say, you know what, instead of saying, hey, let me call my buddy who can help you out with that. You know what? Let me take that buddy that's been a friend of mine in the cyber work. Let me bring him into my firm. Let, let me allow him to develop a group within my firm. And now let's offer cybersecurity services to our clients. Uh, I'll tell you the one challenge that many firms will have is that they view these individuals that run advisory differently. And what I mean by that is what is a traditional pathway to becoming a partner in a firm? It's an accounting graduate. It's an accountant. You got to pass your CPA exam. You need to be a chartered accountant to become a partner in a firm. Those days are over. Those days are changing. If your firm is going to be active in advisory services, if you're going to hire people that have different backgrounds, they too need a pathway to becoming partner in your firm. So you need to think out of the box and embrace that concept. When we look at the word advisory in the Jim Book Dictionary of Life and Business, what's there? Uh, it's simple. It's really advisory. When people say, Jim, what is advisory? It's going back to our roots. It's that trusted advisor. It's helping our clients with the things that are not compliance, right? Why does, it, why does a client come to us for their audit? Because they have to. We have to. Why does a client come to us for their tax return? Because, they, because if they don't file their tax return, they'll end up in jail, right? So why would a client come to us 
for advisory uh, opportunities is because they trust us on doing everything else. And that, I'll tell you, that is something that our profession owns. We have to leverage that. You have to take advantage of that. I mean, look, the lawyers don't have that with their clients. They're not the trusted advisor. We are the trusted advisor. I mean, I look at it. I've been with many of my clients for their birth of their children, for their christenings, for their marriages, for their deaths, the funerals, all of that. Our clients get us involved in their lives. And if they get us involved in their lives, we're in a better position to be their true advisors. For whatever reasons, accountants have not owned that space like they should do. Now, the pandemic changed things because it got clients coming to accountants and saying, help me navigate the complexity of what we're going through right now. So accountants had to step up, but they were comfortable in the compliance space. Now they're, they're being asked to be a lot more than an accountant. They're asked to be a trusted advisor. What are some of the challenges they're facing stepping into that role? Jim? Oh, it's massive. It's massive. Because in thinking about it in the past, who was the accountant? You know, when I go out and someone says, hey, what do you do? I mean, I say, I'm an accountant, right? And they go, you're, you are an accountant? Yeah, I'm an accountant. I may look different. I may act different than your traditional accountant. But accountants today in advisory, they need to think out of the box. They need to act differently, right? In the past, in the compliance world, you have massive amounts of deadlines. You have to hit a deadline. You don't want to miss a deadline. You have to file a return by a certain date. You have to get the audit in or the bank is going to foreclose on the loan. As an advisor, you have to think differently, right? Your accountants view you differently. You know what? It's simple stuff. I try to teach this to my young accountants in the advisory space. If, if a client emails you, if a client calls you, you know what? Don't have them wait. Call them back. Email them. That's, that's what they're paying us for. So, the advisor is expected to be extremely proactive. If you want to be that ideal advisor, be proactive. I encourage everyone in my advisory team, go out, meet with our clients, get to know our clients, find out what's on their roadmap, find out what's on their horizon, and help them. Show them how we can help them. And you know what? If we are not in a position to help them as they approach their horizon, let's brainstorm internally to find out how we can develop a team that can help our clients do it. Always look for opportunities. Well, that's the thing. If I'm the CPA playing devil's advocate here, well, Jim, I, I don't know quite how to position advisory. I don't know how to package it. I don't know how to price it. I don't know quite how to deliver it. I don't know how to get over the hurdle that it might be project-based and I get one lump sum and then I get nothing else for the next two years because I've done that particular deal. So talk to me through some of those problems. Oh, it's simple, man. Hire me and bring me in and I'll show you how to do it. No, I'm only kidding. I, I'm only you kidding. You start on one day. Yeah, there you go. So no, it's simple stuff, man. It's not rocket science. Accountants, chartered accounts are smart people, right? Highly educated. They've done really well in their careers. And they really want to help, Jim, don't they? They do care. They do care. They do care. But very often what happens is we put our compliance hats on. We think about we don't think we don't think advisory, right? So to be a better advisor, you have to think, you know, what would my client do? What can I? What kind of service could I be providing to my client that that client would really appreciate? I, I could tell you so often. So I'll give you an example. So we had this audit client. Oh, it was a freaking miserable audit client. They were a wine distribution company. It was a nightmare. Our auditors would go in. They would deal with the controller. They would ask him for information or for uh, document requests. Controller would trickle the information to them. We'd never get what we wanted. We spent so much time. The audit was terrible realization. We lost so much money on it. So I had my advisory team work with the audit team at the client, and they saw the biggest problem at the client was technology, technology that did not 
did not communicate, did not collaborate, did not work well. So we picked up a very small advisory engagement, helping our clients understand their technology infrastructure and their pain points. We met with the staff, we analyzed the technology. So that was a very small engagement. We call it like land and expand in the advisory space. Fast forward, uh, the, the first full year of billing on advisory and helping this client, we ended up billing, billing them $2 million uh, in helping them advisory, doing advisory work. The audit fee was under $100,000. Think about this, the advisory work was $2 million. They appreciated the advisory work more than they appreciated the auto work. And at the end of the day, when we were done analyzing, helping, changing, configuring, working with the technology, not only did it make our job easier on the audit, but it made for a happy client. Now, to me, that would be a client for life, a client that you solve these pain points for, not just having done the compliance work. They say the accounting profession has something of an image problem. We hear about the leech of talent coming out of accounting into fintech, into industry work, whatever's going on there. Yes. But if we set up the career path for a young accountant to be chained to a desk doing grunt compliance work for 10 to 15 years in the hope of making partner, we're not going to attract them. But if we can get them involved in interesting work that really makes a difference, and that's advisory stuff, isn't it? That's a whole different career trajectory. It absolutely is. And, you know, I meet with, we have over 2,500 individuals that we have working for us today. And I meet with a lot of them. And, you know, I say, look, if you get disenchanted with audit, if you get disenchanted with tax, you know, come see me on the advisory side. Every day will be different. There's different things to do. But that's what you need to do in a firm today. We do need to offer alternative career paths because you're right. It's the, trying to sell a staff person that's out of school, starts day one in the accounting profession, and you tell them, hey, what do I have to do to become a partner? What do I have to do to make the kind of money that partners I'm told make? And if you tell that young professional, just do your time, just wait, <laughs> just, you know, it'll happen for you 12 years, 15 years. Oh my goodness. Forget it. Forget it. They're going to be going to work for the technology company down the street. You know, the pandemic changed our world forever. Uh, turnover in firms is is off the charts. Everyone is losing staff today to, you know, kids are thinking more short term. They're thinking, what will be my career path be in the next three years, the next five years? How much money will I be making? So don't even think for a second that you're going to be able to sell those kids today on what you were sold when you joined your firm. Yeah, the game has changed for sure. What are initial steps into the advisory world? I'm tempted to ask you, to build an advisory vertical, should you build it from scratch or buy into one or buy a book of business or what do you recommend there? So yes, yes, and yes. So it, seriously, seriously, there's no one right answer. What I would do is if I'm looking to start an advisory practice, I would look at my client base. What are we as a firm really good at doing? What are we good at doing? Are there certain industries that we own that we're really good at? And you know how can we exploit that? And what do I mean by that? Let's suppose that your firm does a lot of work at auto dealers, auto dealers, car sales, things like that. Well, maybe you do a lot of tax work there. Maybe you do a lot of accounting work there. Well, auto dealers use a massive amount of consultants to come in and help them with systems and technology and warranty work and repairs and so many different things at dealers. Same analogy in healthcare. Maybe you have a bunch of physicians and doctors that are clients of the firm. You do their accounting work. You do their tax work. You do their personal returns. Well, you know what? 
There's unique technology systems that are out there. There's ways in which medical practices try to drive revenue. They bring in consultants all the time. So start at your firm, brainstorm with your partners and staff. What are we really good at? What industries do we own? Is it construction? Is it technology? Is it healthcare? Is it auto? Every firm has an expertise in a certain area. That's where I say to start. Now, to, to, to respond to your question, do we build it? Do we merge a firm in? Do we buy firms? Yes, yes, and yes, right? It's all of those things. You got to look at, let's suppose you want to get into cybersecurity. Maybe it's your first entree into cybersecurity. Maybe you have clients asking you, can you help us with cyber concerns? I would say that's the type of talent skill set that you need to bring someone in. You need to look for a firm. I would suggest partnering with a cybersecurity company. If I'm a firm in London and I want to get into this space, I'm going to identify a cybersecurity company. I'm going to say, let's partner together to service our clients. It's good for you because now you offer a new service to your clients. It's good for them because now they can grow their revenue stream more than they've ever grown it before. And it's, you know what it's like? It's like dating. So you're going to date them for a while. They're going to work on some of your clients. You're going to see how they are. But, you know, could you actually call this individual your partner someday? And if the answer to all of those questions is yes and everything is working out well, now you talk about acquiring them. Now you talk about maybe bringing them into your firm. You have to think out of the box. How can they be a partner in the firm? Does it have to be a separate entity that's set up due to regulations and laws and things like that? But that's how I encourage you to do it. It's no right answer, but it's understanding first, first dabble, understanding your client base, understanding what you're good at, and then exploiting that. Love that. And you're speaking too about the power of a network association and alliance. That's how HLB works. We're in, in, in an international world, and there's so many companies now wanting to open up business in different markets. You can tap into that network of connections, trusted advisors in other lands, jurisdictions, communities, cultures, boundaries and get expertise in a whole range of areas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's taking that international association, uh, association of firms, whether it's HLB, whether it's a lineal global, whether it's any of the Nexia, whether it's any of those, it's taking that concept and saying, you know what, that works for having boots on the ground around the world, helping our clients in the audit and tax space. The same theory holds true for servicing your clients when it comes to advisory. And it's partnering with these advisory companies that can deliver those services that you need. And then, you know, all the big associations, whether it's HLB, Alineal, Nexia, any of those associations, they are now going down the advisory path. Every single one of them, they're saying, how can we develop advisory expertise in pockets around the world? I'm seeing software development companies that are that are joining firms in India. I'm seeing a data a cybersecurity a specialist firms in North America join firms. So we're seeing this influx of firms into other firms throughout the globe. There's a lot to be said too, Jim, isn't there, for an innate curiosity. You spoke earlier about how you were there at the funerals and the births and, the, and, and all the other good things going on and getting beyond the business stuff, it's the personal stuff. And so many advisory opportunities lie on the other side of a curious question. Oh, they do. They do. That's why. You know, this thing that we got into, this remote work thing during the pandemic, look, I know accountants and chartered accountants, we didn't just survive throughout the pandemic in our firms. For the most part, our profession thrived. It thrived during this time. Now, look, I know it's very, very difficult to get back to the office, to get back to meeting with our clients, but that is going to be very critical because by meeting with our clients, getting together, having those lunches, having those dinners, having those breakfasts with our clients, 
we get to sit down and talk about things randomly. What's on their mind? Off the clock sometimes. Off the clock, yeah. I mean, all too often, when I was a kid in my firm, it was all about chargeable hours. I don't care whether you're in London or New York. It's all about chargeable hours, a lot of pressure. I get it. But you know, once we mature a bit, once you're up there, that manager, senior manager, partner level in a firm, the focus needs to be the off the clock stuff. Meet with the clients, understand their pain points. How can we help you? My clients so appreciate if I just, I'll just show up. I'll just stop by their office. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Thank you for stopping by. I sit down, I have a chat with the president, chat with the CEO. We just catch up. And more often than not, that leaves, leads to identifying advisory opportunities for us. Yeah. Jim, this has been wonderful. Final question for you on this. Mm -hmm. and, and I want to scare the listeners a little bit out of complacency and thinking that they're always going to have a market for what they do because the competitive landscape is changing. What will happen to the firms and the individuals that are slow to take up advisory opportunities, are not even proactive in doing it? Yeah, so that's Ralph, that's a really good question. So look, it's you don't want to be left behind, right? So look, our profession, the audit, the audit will never go away. That is something that is owned by chartered accountants, it's owned by CPAs. We own that space, only we can do it. The markets drive the fact they need audited financials. AI though is very, very quickly changing, artificial intelligence changing how much time we're spending doing audits. It will rapidly change the tax compliance space. So Accountants will need to replace that revenue stream. So I would argue, if you're a partner in a firm today, look, I know partners in firms around the globe, they have a great lifestyle. They drive nice cars. They have nice homes. They have a great lifestyle. They don't have a lot of needs. Well, you know what? If you want that same lifestyle for those partners that come behind you, you need to listen. You need to understand the firm needs to change. Embrace advisory opportunities. It will help to drive revenue growth. One, to replace the revenue that will be lost as a result of AI and intelligence coming in, automating all of those manual tasks. At the same time, uh, advisory has the opportunity to significantly grow your firm revenue. And what I've seen around the globe, advisory today is driving firm growth in those firms that are offering advisory services. Superb, Jim, really enjoyed that. Thanks ever so much for your time and your insights today. Thanks, Rob. Happy to be here with you today. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring. <laughs>